Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, as always. And we're going to do a little two-parter, as we often do. Um, Today on The Athletic, they put out a really interesting article to me. And what it is, is basically the best organizations. Here's the headline. Uh, Super Bowl era era franchise rankings. Chiefs continue to rise with a Super Bowl run. And they do this every year. And what they do is during the Super Bowl era, your franchise gets 11 points if you win the Super Bowl. Okay. If you lose the Super Bowl, you get five points. All right. If you reach a NFC or AFC championship game, you get three points. If you make the playoffs, you get one point. So... Who are the most successful franchises in Super Bowl history? I'm sure you, I mean, many of you, well, I'm not going to pick on you guys. Many Steeler fans, Steelers haven't won anything in a long time. Tomlin can't win playoff games. Great that he's never has a losing season, but win me some playoff games. Okay, I mean, that's warranted. That's that's an opinion I can live with. However, you guys have been pretty lucky. <laughs> you know, I'm. I turned 50 in June. 6'6", six, six, if you want to send me a birthday card. Um, and during my lifetime, this has been basically the most, the best organization in the league. I mean, there's some others in that conversation. You know, Brady with the Pats, what the Chiefs have done, et cetera, et cetera. But again, with this format, which I think is logical, 11, 5, 3, 1 point, depending on how your season ends, guess who is the most successful franchise in the Super Bowl era, Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a total of 116 points. The Patriots have won 15. The Cowboys have won 13. The Niners have won 07. And like I said, they do this every year. Last year, the Steelers were also one. They didn't help their cause, by so they also had 116 points at that point. Playoff years, 32 Got in the playoffs 32 times in the Super Bowl era. Final fours, eight. Super Bowl losses, as you know, two. Super Bowl wins, six. Massive. Um, In the last, well, I'll get the last decade in a minute here. So they average 2.04 points per season. So on average, I mean, this is end of the Knoll era. First couple of years before the Knoll era. Um, any lean year you can think of. But the average Steeler fan, not only does their team go to the playoffs, you know, which gets you one point, but they get somewhere in between the playoffs and the AFC and AFC championship game on average. So they average 2.04 points per season. That's miraculous, folks. I mean... <laughs> I just did a radio show from the Steelers Museum at the field. And you walk around there and you're like, there aren't that many lean years. Boy, there's a lot of Hall of Famers here. You know, I mean, I just thought it was a good day to appreciate what the organization has done. I mean, you guys are, and myself included, are a very spoiled fan base (laughs) is what I'm saying here. And sometimes after a season, it's good to reflect on big picture thinking for an entire organization. So while I have this article up, there's two more things I want to do is rankings by points per season. Cause obviously we've seen, you know, again, I'm almost 50 years old. 
The Steelers have been in existence that whole time. So that helps. You know, I mean, Houston has not, Carolina, Jacksonville. There's been expansion teams. There's, you know, the, the Browns disappeared for a while, etc. But if you look at it by points, again, how much, how many points you get per season by these rankings, Steelers are one, 2.04. The Patriots are the only other team over two, 2.02. Just under two are the Cowboys. The Niners are at 1.88. And then you go number all the way down to number five is the Packers at 1.44. So the distance from the Steelers at one to the Packers, who are a great organization, at five is almost a whole playoff win away. <laughs> I mean, I, I find that's amazing. So how about the rest of the division? The Ravens come in at six. They haven't been in existence as long, but on average, they average 1.41 points per year which is better than a playoff appearance per season. Pretty darn good. What about those teams in Ohio? Hmm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Bengals are 24th. They add, That's 0.54 points per season for the Bengals. Basically saying they get to the playoffs, and not any more than that, every other year through their existence. Not so great. That's 24th. Browns, 28th, 0.46. So they don't even get to the playoffs any other year, let alone championship games and whatnot. You know, to put that in a little bit of perspective, the bottom five are the Lions. You could be Lions fans, folks. 0.25. The Cardinals, which are really, really bad right now. 0.26. The Texans, 0.29. The Chargers. That one stands out to me, 0.44. You've had Dan Fouts, Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Drew Brees. <laughs> I mean, like, you should be better than 0.44 over my lifetime. I mean, I am a Steeler fan, true and true, but I had a Dan Fouts jersey growing up when I was eight because that offense was so awesome. <laughs> and still, I mean, that's awful by the Chargers. So here's the other thing they did, which I found interesting, which isn't as flattering to the Steelers. I'm sure some of you are out there like, well, what have you done for me lately? So they have the last 10 years from 2013 to 2022. As you would imagine, the Patriots are won by a pretty high margin. They have 46 points over that stretch. Chiefs are catching them. Though. They're at 37. Then there's a gap. Seattle at 22. The Eagles at 20. Rams at 18. Where are the Steelers? Scrolling down. They're still at 11. So over the last decade, they've been the 11th best team in the league. They have eight points. Okay. You know, Bengals are right ahead of them at 11. The, I'm looking for the Ravens here. The Ravens have five. They're 20th. The Browns are 31st with one point. They have one playoff appearance in the last 10 years. The Jets have zero. So there you have it. Uh, you guys don't have it so bad. Uh, quick break, and then I have a quick little nugget for you guys here as well that's something that's up my alley. I haven't gone down the road with you guys before, but we're going to talk Deontay Johnson.
Okay. Some of you may or may not, but I'm sure many of you play fantasy football. Great. Probably not that many of you play dynasty fantasy football. And what dynasty is, is you keep your team year to year. You try to build a dynasty. You have a rookie draft every year. Like this year, B. John Robinson is going to be the first rookie drafted in your dynasty rookie draft. Okay. You can trade draft picks. When your season goes to crap, you trade your old dudes for future picks. There's a lot more to it. I love it. I've hosted a podcast, Locked On Dynasty, now for 15 years. It's one of the more successful ones out there. I'm in seven or eight dynasty leagues. So I'm always talking dynasty. What's this guy's dynasty value? Youth matters a great deal. Um, so you have these guys forever. you know. So here, again, I'm going to reference somebody else. There's Matt Harmon, who I have great, great respect for. He has a site called Reception Perception. And to me, Matt Harmon is the best wide receiver and analyst out there. He watches every snap. He breaks them all down. I'll reference his stuff often, you know. And so Matt knows his stuff. Specialist in wide receivers. So in the dynasty community, Matt Harmon just put out his list of who are the top dynasty wide receivers. Here's my dynasty ranks. So this translates to the real world, which is why I like Dynasty more than Redraft, because who 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 are the most valuable dudes? Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are the top two by a mile. They're unbelievably productive. They're unbelievably talented. They're in great situations. They have extreme youth. They're in their own tier. Okay, great. Then it's A.J. Brown. It's C.D. Lamb. There, there's some older guys in that next tier. By older, I mean in they're not super young. Devontae Adams, Diggs, Tyreek. Waddles in that tier, Cup, even Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Those guys are phenomenal young players. So that tier has 15 guys for Matt here. Okay. I mean, they're the, the people you would think. I mean, Pittman's in there, Metcalf, you know. But then there's the next tier, the third tier. And Deontay Johnson's in this tier. He's the 22nd overall dynasty ranked wide receiver. And I'm doing this to defend the guy. I mean, Many of you out there, man, they, what a bad contract for Deontay Johnson. Look at the receiver contracts around the league. Look how much you know, Jacoby Myers is going to make on the open market this year. Jacoby Myers is nowhere to be found on this list near in this neighborhood. So he's a tier three and third or 22nd overall valuable wide receiver right now. And all that means is what's ahead of the player. Matt's write-up on him is no TDs in 2022 and could be a great buy low. Fantastic route runner, but mistake prone. Couldn't agree more. Extremely well said. He is a buy for him. He's not going to score zero touchdowns again. I know he breaks fantasy people's hearts. He is a fantastic route runner. Yes, he's mistake prone. So basically, what receiver do I want for the rest of their career? He has 21 names ahead of him and has Deontay on the exact same tier as Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, who I adore, and just ahead of Rashad Bateman, who projects as a number one for the Ravens. So people are really hard on Deontay Johnson, and I honestly don't quite get it. Um, probably some of you are like, well, where's Pickens? Shouldn't he be super high? He's 33rd. Um, and I agree with this. He says... Has some unreal highlights, needs to be more consistent. 
I'm cool with that. I mean, he has him right next to Jahan Dotson, who was a first-round pick, right next to Christian Kirk. So not far off Deontay, but I found that interesting. So Sears only have two guys of note, so that's all they have here. But I wanted to really defend Deontay because I agreed with the way Matt spelled that out. And I also thought the picking stuff was noteworthy. Um, I would be buying picking stock at that price, but I would also be buying Johnson stock in that price because he's going to find the end zone. All right, guys. Thanks. I'll be back tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.